Wonderful technology. Uh, will you open your Bible to John chapter 21? We're going to be looking at verses 18 through 25 this morning. Can I, can I begin by asking a few questions? When you say that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, what, what do you mean by that? What, what is your understanding of God's will in your life? What, what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus and what, what is required of us? And finally, what are some of the greatest blessings that come in this life as a result of a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd, I'd just kind of like you to think about those, and I, I think Brenda has actually put them in the bulletin, or at least some of them. Yeah, she's got them on the back of the bulletin. Um, I just want you to think about them. There's, there's really not a right answer. There, there are certainly some answers that are wrong to the questions, but there, aren't really, there isn't really one right answer. Um, there, there, there are many right answers to those questions. But So if you are in John 21, I'm going to begin reading at verse 18. And, and this is uh, Jesus speaking, and he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. Now this he said, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, to Peter, follow me. <clears throat> Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back on his bosom at the supper, and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? So Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Therefore, this saying went out among the brethren, that that disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but only if I want him to remain until I come. What is that to you? This is the disciple who is testifying to these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they were written in detail, I suppose that not even the world itself would contain the books that would be written. Lord, as we come to the end of this wonderful gospel of John, as we come to the end of our study of this wonderful book, I certainly pray that, that it has been life-changing to, to verse by verse go through this, this book that better than any shows that Jesus Christ is God. And it shows that he is the Savior of the world, that he is the Messiah, that, that through him and only through him 
Can we have salvation? Can we be saved from the eternal punishment of our of our sins? Lord, I even pray that if if any here have not yet trusted in trusted in you as their savior. I pray that this morning they would they would cry out in repentance that they would believe in your death on the cross that that, that death paid their sin debt that they would know that through the resurrection God the Father gave his stamp of approval on that death. And that through believing in him, through believing in Jesus, we can have eternal life and know that we will spend eternity with God in heaven. And certainly as we close out this book this morning we see continue to see Peter reinstated to ministry we continue to see Peter um, see him forgiven by Jesus I pray that even this morning as we look at this text we will see the intricate and incredible control that God has over creation, over even our lives, and that we can, we can have comfort in knowing that, that our lives are in his hands. We just thank you and praise you for that. Amen. So we're going to finish our study this morning of this gospel. And as I mentioned before, this last chapter kind of reads and feels a little different than, than the rest of the book. Uh, the, the tone has somewhat changed. The, the book up to chapter 20 has really been evangelistic. John has been laboring to show us, you know, as, as the readers, that this man Jesus... Jesus of Nazareth is actually God in the flesh. That he is the Son of God. That, that he came to earth with a purpose. That purpose was that he would be the Christ, the Son of the risen God, the, the Son of the living God, that he would be the Messiah. He would be the Savior of the world. And, and John has certainly labored throughout this book to show us that. And, and he's done a wonderful job of, of doing it. The 20th chapter ended with a purpose statement and a challenge. Ended by telling us that this book was written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and through believing have life in his name. Now the, the 21st chapter kind of gives us a peek into how Peter did that in his own life. You know, if you, if you read this book, if you read the other Gospels, you might see the, the failures of Peter and think, what's the point? Right? What, what's the point of believing in Jesus if even one of his closest followers failed him? 
Or maybe you think, well, what will Peter do after denying Jesus? You know, does, does Jesus have control over my life at all? Now, what if I fail him? Is, is being a Christian only about what happens in this life? Is there something more to Christianity? You know, several years ago, there was a, a best-selling book titled Your Best Life Now. Should we expect that? Should we expect that this is our best life? You know, should, should we think that this is as good as it gets, or, or is there something more? Is this life as good as it gets, or could the problems and shortcomings and disappointments and, and failures and illness and heartbreak that we experience here, could, could they be preparing us for what is to come? Does God really care? Our, are our lives just a matter of random happenstance? Can we and should we trust that God is in control? Uh, Peter had to have been experiencing some of these questions himself, you know, after, after he denied the Lord. He, he must have been wondering what was to come for him. You know, they had seen Judas betray the Lord to the authorities. Uh, by now, they, they may know that Judas had, had taken his own life. He had hung himself. Certainly, there was no second chance for Judas to follow the Lord, but last week, we watched as the Lord once again called Peter back to ministry. We, we saw Peter rebuked for his lack of love and uh, his lack of love for the Lord, but then we saw him immediately called back into ministry. And now, this morning, as we finish the gospel, we're going to see what Peter's service to the Lord will ultimately mean for Peter. So we're going to see three things. We're going to see that the Lord holds our lives in his hands. Uh, number two, that we're called by him to do what he commands. And number three, that we really shouldn't be comparing our lives to the lives of others. So as, we, as the section begins, we see that the Lord holds our lives in his hands. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus is in heaven right now watching what you're doing, and if you, know, if you mess up bad enough, he's going to you know, take your life. It doesn't mean you're earning a longer life by doing what God wants. It means that God has determined the extent of your life. Uh, Psalm 139. It's one of my favorite psalms. Uh, it's, it's just a wonderful psalm that speaks to this very subject. And I, I want to read, I thought about just reading part of it, but what I want to do is read the entire psalm. Uh, so Psalm 139, if you want to follow along. Um, and as you listen or as you follow along, notice the involvement that God has in the life of the psalmist. Psalm 139 says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. 
Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and, skin, and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God! Depart from me, therefore, men of bloodshed, for they speak against you wickedly, and your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with the utmost hatred. They have become my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Now, as I read this, and you know, if I went through it kind of quick, that, that can be homework. Go home this afternoon and study the 139th Psalm. Um, it's just an incredible psalm. But did you notice how the psalmist proclaimed that there was, there was nothing he could do, nowhere he could go, nothing he could say that was out of God's sight, out of God's control, out of away from God. God has, has determined our life. He's determined the, the day of our birth, the day of our death. While, while we may have times that we say from a human standpoint, someone died too soon, too young. From God's standpoint, each person leaves this world precisely at the right time. Is this life all there is? When this life ends, what happens? You know, aren't, aren't those the two most important questions in the world to answer? Honestly, what's this life for? The, the ultimate statistic is that 10 out of 10 people are going to leave this world at death. It's not a comfortable topic, right? I mean, it's not something we like talking about, but it's true, and it's going to happen whether we're prepared or not. Uh, to me, the most important thing to know is what happens after. You know, there are people who have been, been dead for thousands of years. If the Lord tarries in another thousand years, 
someone may be speaking about this same topic and, and wonder where all of us have been for the prior thousand years. The Bible teaches us we all have eternal souls. We will all live on forever, either with God in heaven or separated from God in hell. Now, if, if you know Jesus as your Savior, if you've trusted in his death as the full payment for your sin, you will live with him forever in heaven. And if you know, you will live on forever with God in, in pure bliss in heaven after this life ends. Doesn't that take away some of the sting of death? Can't we say that I certainly am not looking forward to the day, right? But I know that when it does come, I'm going to, I'm going to be going to spend eternity with God. You know, this, this life is only a vanishing moment in time. Think of it this way. If, if you were to imagine I-75, imagine I-75 begins in Miami, Florida, runs all the way north to uh, Sault Ste. Marie. It's about 1,800 miles overall. Picture that road as all of eternity. Take one little pebble out of that asphalt. And... Basically, that represents the time you spend on this earth when compared to eternity. You know, the rest of that time is going to be spent glorifying God in heaven or rejecting him in hell. Now, it's not a perfect illustration, obviously, because I-75 ends and eternity doesn't end. But it's to give you the idea that, look, our lives here are just a portion of the lives we have. So when you think of that, the, the struggles we have in this life don't seem so big, do they? I'm not saying they're not big. I'm not saying they're not big to us. What I'm saying is comparing them to eternity, they don't seem that big. So what does this have to do with John 21? Well, in this chapter, the Lord is, is uh, ministering directly to Simon Peter. He's recalling him into ministry. He's telling Peter that even though Peter failed, he has important work to do for the Lord. And in our passage this morning, we find that Peter is going to be martyred for his faith. Martyred for his ministry to the Lord. And Jesus says to him, look, Peter, when you were young, you, know, you did what you wanted. You went where you wanted. You, you could do your own thing, but that's changing. You know, Simon Peter is now serving the Lord, and one day Simon Peter is going to be bound and led away. He's going to go where he doesn't wish to go. What does that mean? Well, John tells us in the next, very next verse. Jesus says, When you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. Well, John tells us in the next verse, that Jesus was saying this to signify by what type of death Peter would glorify God. Now, we're not 100% not sure, but it's believed, and, and early historians have written that Peter died by crucifixion. And this description by Jesus seems to back that up. Jesus says Peter's hands will be stretched out. 
It's a way of saying Peter is going to be nailed to a cross. When they would nail someone to a cross, they would stretch their arms as far as they could to, to, to increase the pain, to increase the suffering, make it harder to breathe. Now, as we know, crucifixion was a humiliating, degrading way to die. It was so bad that Roman citizens could not be crucified. This was reserved for non-citizens because of the shame associated. Uh, tradition says that when Peter was crucified, he asked to be hung upside down because he was not worthy to die in the same way Jesus did. You know, the, the most degrading, painful, humiliating way to die was too good for Peter. Jesus is telling Peter how he's going to die. When Jesus said he was going away in chapter 13, Peter said that he would die for Jesus. He didn't know just how right that statement was. You know, back then in chapter 13, Jesus said, you cannot follow me now, but you will later. And, and Peter had no idea what he meant by that. Jesus says, Peter, you're here. He says, you're going to die a martyr's death. And notice what he says at the end of verse 19, what Jesus says. He says, follow me. Peter, you follow me. That's the same thing he said at the end of chapter 13. Simon Peter said, I want to follow you now. And Jesus said, no, you will follow me later. And now, here at the end of chapter 21, we're seeing exactly what Jesus meant when he told Peter he would follow him later. Just as Jesus died on a cross, Peter would follow him on his own cross. You know, being a Christian and serving the Lord is not easy. You know, it's, it's not a fairy tales and butterflies type of life. It's a, it's a life that can be hard. It's a life that can be messy. Uh, more than likely... We are never going to go through what Peter went through. Right? Other parts of the world, they are. We live in a country where anybody can walk into a church, they can claim they're a Christian, and, and usually they're going to be believed. Most likely, we or they will never be put in a position to actually prove it by laying down our lives. But, but what if you had to? You know, is there anything that could help you endure that fear? Help you endure the thought of leaving this world at the hands of evil men for the sake of God? Or let's, let's bring it a little closer. Does God help us deal with the thought of our own life? And, and the thought that one day... And, and none of us know that day, but one day, none of us in this room will be walking this earth. Peter walked the earth for years knowing that he was going to die a martyr's death. He went into every ministry opportunity knowing that could be the very last day. He went there knowing that could be the moment he was led away. Imagine having that in the back of your mind with every decision you make. 
every day of your life, not knowing if this is the day that you're going to be led away to be put to death. The Lord said, follow me, and Peter did. He, he didn't sit around feeling sorry for himself. He no longer was trying to do this under his own power. Peter was, from this point forward, a different man. Peter was relying on Jesus. You know, when you, when you read the book of Acts, the, the book of Acts is a history book. It's the history of how the modern church came into existence, and, and there's a fair amount about Peter. You know, Peter is the one outspreading the gospel. Uh, he's the one being imprisoned. He's the one leading thousands to the Lord. This man who failed the Lord by denying him turned to a great disciple and evangelist who ended up dying for the Lord. A great disciple who boldly proclaimed God's word. When you read through the book of Acts, you find that as the disciples are being persecuted, and this amazes me every time I read the book of Acts, as they're, they're being persecuted, as they're being imprisoned, as they're being beaten, as they're being horribly treated, they never pray. It's never recorded that they pray for God to end that from happening. Instead, they pray for boldness. That blows me away. They prayed that God would give them the boldness to fulfill their ministry in this sinful world, come what may. You know, Peter is an example for us. When, when's the last time you prayed for boldness to follow God's word? I prayed for boldness to live your life in a way that magnifies him. What was it that caused Peter to be able to carry on? What, what was it that allowed him, that drove him to follow Jesus? You know, Jesus told him, you're going to die an unnatural death. You're going to die at the hands of another. Uh, Peter had no idea who or when this would be, just that he was going to be killed. Don't you want to know how he carried on? It's, it's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. He knew where he was going when he died. He knew that Jesus had full and complete control of his life. Peter had been with the Lord for three years as the Lord said that he, Jesus, would be handed over to sinful men. You know, as, as he, Jesus, would be, you know, said he would die as he said he would go back to the Father. And every time the disciples thought they had reached that point. Every time they thought, this is it. This is the time they're going to kill him. This is what he's been telling us about. Jesus said, it's not yet my time. And he hid himself from their sight. He walked through the angry crowd trying to stone him. He walked away, he, whatever it was. Peter saw all of that. And he was there. When Jesus said, now my time has come. Now is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified. Peter saw him handed over to the authorities. Yeah. Peter tried to have a little hand in it by cutting off one of the servant's ears. But they saw him give up his spirit. They saw him on the cross. They saw him control his very death. 
Why was it that Peter could follow Jesus even though he knew where it would lead? Because he witnessed Jesus in full control of everything. No, the Bible is not a fairy tale. It's not a book of children's stories. This is actual history. And while we don't have the privilege of walking and talking and witnessing Jesus like the apostles did, what we do have is his word to us. We have his word, and in his word, we can read all these things. We, we can use it to study him. We can use it to know him better. We can see how he controlled every situation he was in, including his own death. There's no way to know Jesus better without studying the Bible. There's no way to have true peace in this life without studying the Bible, without knowing him better. It's why the Bible is so important. Peter trusted Jesus because he knew and he trusted his words. He knew and trusted that even in being taken out of this world, he was being ushered in to the presence of Almighty God. And God himself was in control of the entire thing. That certainly is not a bad place to be. If Peter can trust Jesus in that way, if denying, brash, foot-in-the-mouth Peter can look at his life and say, you know what, there is something much better in the next life, and no matter what I go through in this life, it's never going to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in the next. If Peter can do that, can't we? I mean, isn't that a wonderful truth and a wonderful promise? Remember a story of, a, I believe it was a pastor in Virginia or West Virginia. Someone came in and came into the church with a gun. The guy pointed the gun at the pastor and threatened to kill him. And the pastor's response was, do you really think you can threaten me with eternity in, in heaven? His point was, if you shoot me and kill me, you're, sending me, you're ushering me into the presence of God. Is that really a threat? I mean, certainly, I don't think the pastor wanted to be shot and killed, but, you know, the reality of it was, if it happens, he knew he was going into God's presence. So, all right, let's, uh, we're going to quickly go through the last points. Number two, we're called by Jesus to do what he commands. You know, if you're here this morning and you are a Christian, the Lord has called you to do something. You know, at, at this season in my life, he's called me to be a pastor. The, the Lord called Simon Peter to a ministry that led to martyrdom. You know, Loretta and Brenda have been called into children's ministry. Uh, there, there are those of you here who are physically unable to, to uh, participate in some ministries, but you have been called to ministries of prayer. You know, as I said earlier, more than likely, none of us are going to be called to do what Peter was called to do. We're not going to be called to martyrdom. Most of us are going to serve Jesus through this life until he calls us home, most likely by natural means. So does this mean that Peter was a better Christian than we are if, if we don't die by martyrdom? No, of course not. Does it mean that if your calling is to watch the, watch the babies in the nursery, then you're not as good as the Sunday school teacher? No, not at all. It means God has given each one of us something to do. And he expects us to do it. I can't do what God calls you to do. 
you can't do what God calls me to do. It Otherwise, he wouldn't need both of us or all of us, right? You know, that's, that's why we're a body. We're all parts of, of the body of Christ. And we shouldn't be looking at others and saying, well, I should be doing that. Unless, of course, that is what you're supposed to do. But, you know, we, we don't constantly be comparing ourselves to everyone else. Twice in the passage, the Lord commands, the Peter, commands Peter to follow him. He commands us to follow him also. That, that brings us to our final point. We shouldn't be comparing our life to the life of others. You know, the Lord told Peter that his ministry would end in martyrdom. Then he said, follow me. Peter looked. Apparently, Jesus and Peter were walking along the beach at this time, and and Peter turned around and saw that John was following him, and he says, hey, what about him? You know, so many times we want to compare ourselves to someone else. You know, Peter may have been asking with real concern. You know, he and John were good friends. You know, he may have been really concerned what was going to happen to his dear friend John. Or he may have been saying, hold on a minute. You're telling me I'm going to be put to death. What's going to happen to him? You know, if I got to die, then he should too or it's not fair. You know, we don't know what's in Peter's heart when he asked this question. We only know Jesus rebuked him because it wasn't his concern. What Jesus does in the life, with the life, through the life of someone else is not... You know, when it comes to ministry, it's not for us to judge, condemn, be jealous of, so on. We are called to do what he has told us to do. We are called to live the life he has given us and trust him in the hard times. You know, we don't get to say, well, it's not fair that, that I have to do this and they don't have to. You know, every one of us in this room has something in our lives that makes it a very hard life. All of us in this room probably have something that says, well, I have to deal with this and that person doesn't. The Lord tells Peter, he says, look, I'm going to do with John as I want to do with John. Peter, you worry about yourself. What a, what a great way to live life and minister to the Lord. Simply focus on him Follow him and do as he says. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, certainly it is our desire to follow you, to follow Jesus, to trust in him, to, to seek out whatever ministry you would have for us in this life, whatever way you would have for us to serve you. Certainly, Lord, we need to understand that, that one ministry is not greater than, than another, that, that one person has not earned a greater ministry, that one person doesn't have a different ministry because they are a better Christian or a better person, but each of our ministries have been given to us because that is what you have prepared us for. 
certainly, Lord, it's, it's my prayer that as, as we move forward, as this church moves forward, that, that all of us here would, would constantly be looking for what it is that you would have us to do. How, how best we can follow you. Certainly, Lord, that we would be, our, our sight would be on eternity and not on the, the struggles of this life. Simon Peter went through life knowing that, that at any moment he could, he could die for you. He could be put to death for the ministry you gave him. And he was able to do that because he knew what was to come after that death. He knew that the incredible glories of heaven cannot compare with anything in this world. It is my desire that we would, we would have that same type of eternal perspective, no matter what you call us to. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Amen.